Lindsay. Hey, Quinn. And hello, listener. Welcome to Viral, a podcast about public health plagues, uh, diseases, and the people who work behind the scenes to keep us all safe and healthy. Uh, I hope you are having a good spring, springtime. Um, it's sort of been springtime in Florida for a couple months, so welcome to the party. Yeah, it's been great out. It's actually, it, and it's I don't... kind of skipped straight to like 90 degrees. It's been nice for the past couple weeks, but we're, we're gearing up for hurricane season. Oh, yeah. Are you, what's your, um, what's your favorite part of hurricane season? The carols? Uh, yeah. The, um, I would have to say my favorite part is how, is looking at the joy on my husband's face, knowing that there is a chaos, a, a storm of chaos headed our way. And then his immediate look of worry, seeing me bunkering down like a crazy person because as a public health professional, all I know is emergency preparedness when it comes to these things. Sure, but he's getting his camera ready. Oh, yeah. He's he's the one that's outside running around trying to get video of stuff, and I'm inside screaming at him to come back inside. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about that today. Nope. Later episode. Um, maybe a later episode if we're if Florida is still here. Maybe we could do an episode during a hurricane. Oh. I don't know if I could handle that, honestly. Yeah, I don't know if the world... Although, it would be f- a fascinating character study. It sure would. Um, you would see a side of me that is not great. Yeah, it's it, not great. it would be... It's rough. ...an audio roller coaster. Mm-hmm. 100%. So what do you got for me today? Today, I am going to talk about how the yellow fever epidemic of the summer of 1793 nearly shut down the U.S. government, but at the same time, pretty much saved it. Interesting. Okay. You got me hooked. So, we might have an unlikely hero that saved the fledgling United States government from collapsing in on itself due to nasty political infighting between all sorts of different factions. Think uh, Act 2 of the musical Hamilton, when there's just everyone arguing back and forth. Probably hey, no spoilers! Rap battles. Look, it's 2019. I think you're probably the only one in the world who hasn't experienced Hamilton. You're probably right at this point. Yet. Um, especially because it has been traveling around. I know. Don't shame me right now. Okay, I'll, I'll try not to. Um, so we've got Federalists and Republicans, Anglophiles and Francophiles. The French Revolution is happening over in Paris. Big government and small government people are at each other's throats um, about pretty much every little thing. So, what was that unlikely savior? The yellow fever epidemic of 1793! Bear, 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 yellow fever! Yay! Said no one ever. No. Un- up until this point. So to set the stage, George Washington was beginning his second term as America's first president. We had a constitution, which was ratified in 1788. We had a Bill of Rights, which was ratified in 1791. And we had a temporary capital, Philadelphia. So the summer of 1793 was hot, and the rains made the swamps around Philadelphia especially, well, swampy. 
which means it's perfect breeding ground for our favorite little buzzing friends, the mosquito. I'm sure it was really stinky too. Probably was really stinky. So one of the first victims was actually an important figure in Washington's household, a woman named Polly Lear, wife of the president's secretary, Tobias Lear, who assisted Martha Washington with a lot of things in the presidential household. Polly died at age 23. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty old for uh, 1700s times. I know, you just think, though, like, 23 and you're the wife of the Secretary of the United States? Yeah. The President of the United States? Like, that's, that's pretty baller. Yeah. Um, so Polly, she died at age 23, but she was given a large funeral fit for somebody like a cabinet member. Um, because that's how important she was to the Washingtons. And it was actually the only time that George Washington attended a funeral. He kind of had a policy that he would not attend funerals. He didn't want to be seen as, I don't know. Preferential? Preferential, I'm not sure. He didn't, he just didn't attend funerals. He also didn't really allow anyone to touch him. So, that was... I mean, from a public health stance... Probably a a good policy at that point. So, at Polly Lear's funeral, Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson, and three Supreme Court justices served as pallbearers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, as July turned to August, the fever spread to the city's interior. Victims ran high fevers, spewed black vomit... Cool. Hemorrhaged blood from every orifice. Sounds great. And developed jaundice, uh, which gave the name Yellow Fever its name. And then they died. So they literally had a cart that would drive through the cobblestone city streets (laughs) as the driver yelled, bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. That was like a real thing in Philadelphia. Yep. Um, The medical community did not know the natural history of yellow fever, which is, of course, a viral infection spread by the Aedes aegypti mosquito. Curse that mosquito. I know. Efforts to clean the city did not defeat the spread of the fever, which is what they thought, because mosquitoes like to breed in clean water. Oh, boy. Yeah. To help, air quotes, Authorities burned barrels of tar, which made the air black with smoke and smelled terrible. Thanks, guys. I'm not sure what they were trying to do. Like, maybe they thought that disease was because it was spread through the air and bad smells. Maybe if we make a worse smell. Yeah, maybe it'll scare the other smell away. That the other smell, the disease smell, will go away. And then we'll just be left with our with our tar, yeah. tar smoke. Because we don't really understand, like, we didn't think pulmonary about step functions two. and stuff at that point, right? No. And I can imagine if you were suffering from a bad fever, smelling tar smoke would probably also not be a very pleasant <laughs> what thing can, to experience. <laughs> they were probably laying there thinking, like, oh, it can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. Let's just burn oh, these wait. barrels of tar. Oh, oh, God. Oh, it's so much oh, worse. Oh, wow. This is way worse. Way yeah. worse. So in August, 20 people a day were dying in Philadelphia. Terrified of catching the disease, most public office buildings shut down, and there was a mass exodus from the city. The state legislature cut short its September session, 
after a dead body was found on the steps of the state house. Whoa! Hey, Whoa. Is, is this yours? Is anyone... Who's I that? I think they forgot it. Is that... Where's that cart? Um... When are they coming by? Oh, no, they came by yesterday. I think Darn the next it, one's not coming until Thursday, so... Government employees fled in droves, and the Supreme Court only sat for two days in August before deciding to scoot out of the city with everyone else. Can you imagine how hot it would have been, like, wearing those robes oh, in gross. August in D.C.? powdered wigs. And then tar-filled air? Tar-filled air. Hmm, <laughs> gross. By early September, yellow fever had taken a grim toll on government workers. Six clerks in the Treasury Department had died, and when Hamilton himself fell ill, Washington rushed him six bottles of wine and a sympathy card. What a nice guy. I mean, I'm not going to touch point, you, but... <laughs> we didn't really know what was going to help you, so six bottles of wine... This will make you feel good. You'll feel all right, I guess. You at least died drunk. Right. And the sympathy card's just a nice touch. Classy. Hamilton eventually survived the disease, and when he did, he and his family left for, for Albany. Several members of the mayor's committee also died. African-American nurses had also begun dying of the fever. Many organizations operated under the false belief that blacks were immune to the disease, so they would prefer to hire black nurses and black laborers to carry away the dead. Oh, my. They thought that because many... Um, uh, black-skinned individuals who are coming, emigrating from the Caribbean, where there were uh, the Haitian Revolution was happening, and there were numerous other slave revolts. Um, some people who had caught yellow fever as a child were then immune later in life, and if those individuals traveled um, to the states and appeared to be healthy while others were sick, people thought, oh, it must be because they're black, and let's put them to work in carrying away the dead bodies and stuff. However, the problem is, uh, obviously, that's wrong, and um, black people were not immune, and those who had not contracted the disease, either in the Caribbean or in other places, did contract the disease and died at the same rate as everyone else. Wow, what a what a um, illuminating experiment. Yeah, but some, I think it was Dr. Benjamin Rush and others had said, maybe they're immune, even though they had really no evidence to show for why they thought that. You know on the download, they're like, we don't want to touch those dead bodies. Yeah, and so... I mean, it, there, there's, this, there's this kind of myth that prevails today um, in, in the pain management world where uh -huh. uh, people presenting with the same symptoms of the same age but they're different races are given different um, pain management regimens uh -huh. and it if you individual if you interview the doctors individually they are either unaware of treating patients differently or themselves claim to not be biased but when you aggregate the data there is a bias, and the bias is that, oh, we think that black people are able to um, manage pain better than, than white people, and it is not true. Shocker. 
it turns out that, once again, race is a social construction. So, yeah, they filled up their potter's fields, which is basically a field where they would bury dead people in mass. Um, And even the doctors and nurses were getting sick and dying, and some were leaving the city, leaving hospitals to be run by bakers and uh, clothing makers and other people who were not necessarily doctors and nurses. What a fun time for the medical field. I know. Washington left for Mount Vernon in September and put Henry Knox in charge as acting president. Knox himself looked around and realized he was the last high-ranking person in the city, and then he himself got out. At this point, a hundred people a day were dying. Yikes. So Jefferson noticed one day that only one person was left working at the State Department besides him, and then he left. So, I don't know about that one other guy who's probably like, oh, hey, I guess. Hey, hey, right. can I, can I leave? <laughs> Does this mean I can go home can I, now? Can or? I go home? So, the, the city was almost completely depopulated by deaths and removals. <clears throat> and by mid-October, almost one-tenth of the population was dead from the disease. Jeez. Washington wanted to keep the government open and suggested an alternate site for them to meet. Jefferson, a strict constitutionalist, said that government could only meet at its capital, even if it meant them meeting in the streets or an open field. Hamilton, who had a more liberal view of federal powers, suggested an alternate fancy solution. Washington could recommend an alternative site, but not order one, because Washington was afraid of being seen as a dictator. And so that's kind of what he did. So the nearby city of Germantown was selected, which was basically just a town. It was like Mm -hmm. a tiny town. There, they had a cabinet meeting in a little village while hundreds of Philadelphian refugees just sort of milled about around around town and hanging out in barns and sleeping on piles of hay and, and whatever. As the weather cooled, the epidemic waned, and slowly people returned to the capital. However, it would take months for the city to recover, and almost everyone lost somebody that they knew. New York, Baltimore, Boston, all of these other city, major cities in the the region would also put in a moratorium on anyone entering the city from Philadelphia, and all imports were basically stopped. They didn't want anyone from Philadelphia entering entering their city. Wow. So it took until December 2nd, December 2nd, before a quorum had been reached in order to hold a session of Congress. Dang. Meaning that for four whole months, there had basically been no effective federal government. Just a shell of one. Did anything important happen? Uh. Probably not. Not really. Yeah, they were just like, hey. France and England were at war, so they they were kind of, yeah, the French Revolution, you know, that stuff is going on. Uh, whatever. They just kind of took a little, like, a sick day. Kind of. A sick form. A sick season. Yeah, a sick, yeah. They did have a lot of work to do when they got back, and all the, although the break isn't exactly one they wanted or chose, it provided a bit of a reset for the various warring factions within Washington's cabinet. 
because they all hated each other. They were all yelling at each other about every little decision. And then something bigger than them kind of took over. They all realized this was uh, bigger than their squabbles. They left and they came back and then they kind of got back to work. Well, and if a lot of them lost somebody that they knew or somebody that was dear to them, I'm sure it a little a little taste of mortality doesn't hurt. Sure. Yeah. Humbled them, maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not Jefferson. No. So during the yellow fever epidemic of 1793 in Philadelphia, 5,000 or more people were listed in the official register of deaths between August 1st and November 9th. The vast majority of them died of yellow fever, making the epidemic in the city of 50,000 people one of the most severe in the United States history. By the end of September, 20,000 people had fled the city. So it's basically half of the city's oh population had peaced out. Like, bye-bye. Can you imagine just a city with half as many people in it over a period of a couple months? They're just gone. It's weird. Yeah. The mortality rate peaked in October before frost finally killed the mosquitoes and brought an end to the epidemic in November. Doctors tried a variety of treatments, all of the weird things that old-timey doctors did to people. Like Let's scare the demons letting. out of them. <laughs> yeah. I think your city is haunted. You've got ghosts You should do in your cocaine blood. about it. Yeah. <laughs> they knew neither the origin of the fever nor that it was transmitted by mosquitoes, which was not verified until the late 19th century. Oh, boy. Which leads me to, so how did we figure out? What was going on? In 1881, a Cuban doctor named Carlos Finley argued that mosquito bites caused yellow fever. And he partially used some data, some anecdotal data collected from um, accounts of the 1793 epidemic where people were like, there's a lot of mosquitoes around here, basically, in letters and stuff. And mm -hmm. he was like, I wonder if there's a, you know, a line we can draw here. Um, so Finley's theories were confirmed in Cuba by experiments by the U.S. Army Corps under the direction of Dr. Walter Reed in the late 1880s. And this uh, study is also interesting because the subjects allowed themselves to be bitten by infected mosquitoes. Oh, man. They would literally have oh. non-infected mosquitoes and infected mosquitoes, and then they would have people get bitten by the infected mosquitoes and people get bitten by what did they get? the non-infected. Let me get, well, I mean, the Belmont report wasn't. Well, some of them died. I know, but I'm just saying, like, was there anything that they got in return for yeah, like being a, a part of this bus study? Pass or um, <laughs> a loaf of bread, like what? A gift card. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh science boy. is wild. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I would have died. I know I would have died very young. A lot of it very was, was using soldiers as well. Yeah. And they, I kind of wondered if... Yeah. 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 Um, it's weird. We used soldiers for, like, a long time. Oh, yeah. Like, a long... Probably it's still. Probably still. kind of wild. So, mosquitoes acquire the virus by feeding on infected primates, human or non-human and then can transmit the virus to other primates, human or non-human. People infected with yellow fever virus are infectious to mosquitoes, so we could give it to other mosquitoes. Fun! Um, which means it, it's a word called viremic, 
and we cannot spread it from person to person. So it's only through mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. If a mosquito, um, if I have the disease and a mosquito bites me, and that same mosquito goes and bites you, then it's transmitted to you. Uh, so in that way, it was person to person through the vector of the mosquito, oh. and yeah, but we didn't know that back then. Nope. So we burned barrels of tar, and we're like, "All oh, this bad air." Gotta get it out of here. Get that bad air out. Get those Gotta demons get out of your blood. More stinky air to yeah. counteract the bad stinky air. Yeah. Makes total sense. So today we have a vaccine which prevents yellow fever. Cool. Hey, um, vaccines. Thanks a lot. It's not really one that people normally get unless you are traveling to a country where it's yellow endemic. fever is endemic. Yeah. So it's... Uh, if you're going to the Caribbean or you're going to um, some countries in Africa, they'll recommend you get the vaccine. Okay. But 20,000 people still die every year from the disease. Yellow fever sounds horrific. It is pretty bad. People talk about Ebola, but yellow fever sounds uh, pretty bad. It's, yeah. Especially, not only like do the symptoms sound horrible, it's from a mosquito. So you have mosquito bites. I know. Which are the worst. Yeah. And like, ugh. Stuff back then was just bad anyways. <laughs> right? It's just infinitely worse. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what I have for you today. Yellow fever saving the government. There's a lot of yellow fever stories um, in Florida and around this area. Yeah, well, when we went to Egmont Key, there were, like, graves of people yeah. who had died. Oh, cool. These people died a horrible death. On an island in the middle of Florida. On an island in the sun. We'll be bleeding <laughs> out of every orifice. That was really beautiful. That was very poetic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of people died of yellow fever here. And, like, other stuff, you know. You're, you're run-of-the-mill, you know, vector-borne illnesses. But when this, one, when this one got a hold of a city, it really got a hold of a city. Yeah. Especially Ugh. in the summertime. Yeah. Like, why did people choose to live in the South, you know? This was in Philadelphia. I know, but I just think, like, when I think of yellow fever, I think of the South. So, yeah, well, you are why... right. You're right. In Philadelphia, yeah. That's why the CDC is in Atlanta, uh -huh. is because of malaria and uh -huh. other mosquito-borne diseases that are being studied there, um, because there was a, a fort there for the army. They were doing training and stuff. And, so there and was, probably testing. Probably testing. Um, <clears throat> and so they were studying malaria, and then they were like, well, let's just keep it here. You know what? You know what seems cost-effective? Just keeping it here. Yeah. Cool. That was really interesting, Clint. <clears throat> yeah. So thanks, thanks, Yellow Fever. Oh. No. It feels weird to say that. That doesn't sound right. Thanks. Sorry, Polly. I know. Thanks, Yellow Fever. Oh no. No. Maybe not. Um. Good job. You know, founding fathers and other political figures of the time for putting your egos aside once you saw some horrific deaths. Yep. Yeah, that sounds right. That feels better. Yeah.
I mean, I don't think it was, it definitely was not a permanent ego removal, but no, it was no, definitely no. temporary. It was temporary. I mean. Yeah. They all were still pretty much big-headed crazies. Oh, it's those wigs. It's, your wigs are too tight. Your wigs are too tight. You got wooden teeth. They all got mercury poisoning. Yeah. About that. And syphilis. It just wasn't a great time. They all had syphilis. You know they did. I mean, Benjamin Franklin? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, if he didn't, I, he had to have chlamydia or gonorrhea. Like, there's no doubt about that. Cool. Fun. That's cool. a great way to end this topic. Yeah, well, why don't we bring it up <laughs> by talking about some things that are making us happy and that yeah. we're enjoying now. Okay. Do you want to hear mine? I do. I have two things, uh, which should be a surprise to no one. One is I'm listening to Case Files, okay. which is a true crime podcast, and the um, the host is Australian, so if you love a good Australian accent, it's a great podcast. And it's not just serial killers. It's like all these different crime, like different types of crime, um, but it's very good. You have a and variety it, of crimes. It's just a, a great variety of crimes. Um, and I've actually really gotten into a, um, a web comic called Lore Olympus. And it, oh, I don't know that one. It's, um, it's about the, the myth of Persephone and Hades, and it's retold as a modern love story. It's actually, it's like my guilty pleasure. That I, does sound nice. It's really nice. I really do want to, um, I really want to read Song of Achilles. Because I really love, is it Madeline Miller is the mm -hmm. author? Circe was so good. Mm -hmm. And I've just really been revisiting my love of Greek mythology. So, so that's what's making me happy right now. What about you, Quinn? Well, uh, I recently got back from a trip to Scotland. Whoa! Is that why you're accents. wearing a kilt right now? I just thought you were trying no, to... No, that's just my usual, oh. usual kilt. No. Cool. We stayed in the highlands, in the midlands, and in the lowlands. It was pretty great. We started up in a little town called Dornoch, and we drove up the coast to the very northernmost point of the British Isles. I'm just going to ignore your joke. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> a little town called John O'Groats, which is up there, and it's Cute. super windy, but very pretty. Um, I practiced my archery. How did you do? I did pretty well. Yeah? Yep. I'm a regular Legolas. Oh, I was going to say, you could just, uh, are you a Katniss? Should I start calling you Katniss? But no. we'll go with Legolas. Yeah, I'll go with Legolas. Okay. Uh, drank lots of scotch. As you I, do. I ate haggis, which was pretty good, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Tastes like sausage. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, walked around a bunch of castles, frequented the local pubs. And I even did a ghost tour. It sounds like Edinburgh. a great time. Yeah, it was Sounds fun. like you had a really great time. I, I got to see a mort safe. Do you know what that is? I do, but I think you should describe it for our listeners. Back in the time of body snatching and grave robbing, where people who were recently deceased would be unearthed and then have their bodies sold to the medical school for dissection, um... Those who were a little bit wealthier could afford getting basically an iron cage put around 
their coffin when it is put in the ground and that way it would hopefully prevent people from uh, bringing you back up and having your body dissected in front of strangers. And let's hope that. Let's also hope at that point you were really dead because there were cases of people, you know, not being completely dead. Well, they had they had all kinds of ways to try and prevent that. It was in people's wills to like make sure that they like sat for like a day or two before being buried. (laughs) Is Um, that why we have a wake? Maybe. There were there were some people that like they would have a little bell tied to a string. Yes, for whom the bell tolls. I don't know why I felt like I, I had to know. say that. I don't why? know. Um, the dead ringer. That's what that's called. I know. Yeah. So if you that's woke up, it. then yeah. The ding ding ding. Grave. Hey hey person hey hey! I'm not, that. I'm not. I'm not dead. I'm not. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Yeah, so we saw a couple of mort safes. That was pretty neat. That's that's really cool. Um, another thing that I'm enjoying, there is this new show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave <laughs> with Tim Robinson. Are you trying to tell me something right now? No. That, okay. That's what is the this, show is, is this called. Code? Okay, great. Um, you'll know when I tell you to leave. Oh, all right. It's a bit like Key and Peele meets Tim and Eric. It's oh, like, I don't... Oh, man. Weird, absurd, dark comedy in these very small packages. Like, each episode is 15 minutes long, and there's, like, usually four different skits in each episode. And they're, they're good. It, it scratches that itch that I have. Interesting. I think you should. I think you should leave. That's what mm. that's called. Nice. Highly recommend it. I also would highly recommend... What we do in the shadows. If you've yes. not seen the movie, get your butt out there and and grab it. Like I think you can get it on Amazon. Um, yeah, it is. Amazon. I think they took it off of the like streaming platforms like Netflix and. Hulu I think and that stuff they did too. Yeah. Because the TV show is coming out. Yeah. So there's so there's the there's the movie. What we do in the shadows, um, which. Taika Watiti is in. Um, he's amazing. Really funny. It's about vampires living together. It's it's pretty great. And the the movie is set in New Zealand, but the show is actually set in Staten Island. America. So it's it's really good. It's a dark comedy that's just great. So yeah, it's I, good. I've been needing a lot of silly things in my life lately. So these are these are some of the ways I'm getting some of that silly in there. It's important. It is important. All but, right. Uh, yeah. You know what's funny? I feel like we talk a lot about death on this show. You think? Yeah, just like... It's called viral. You're right. You're right. I just... I, I'm like, man, I feel like we're getting into like the mortuary sciences here. Which that's would be a great episode. I know. That I'm like, that's really actually a really good episode idea. Anyway, for another time. For another time. So if you don't want to die, please make sure... That you wash your hands. That's right. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.